What up, what up? This your boy G, your brother, your friend. Another episode of Cut Different. Today I got with me John the John. <laughs> Made it seem like you 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 bring out prostitutes sometimes. But oh, God. that's not your thing. That's not it. No. That's no. not it. Good morning and salutations. 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 That means you thirsty, right? I am. I got my water right here. Thirsty for knowledge. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so another episode of Cut Different. Uh, this is going to be the beginning of a five-part series about the construct of manhood, about the experiences of manhood, um, the the battles, the journey, the enlightenment, you know what I mean? So we're going to get right into it. Mr. John, first let's, I think, I think we attempted to do it before, let's talk a little bit about manhood and what it means to us. There's there's a lot of lot of uh, definitions of what manhood is, what it means to be a man, and uh, since you're the guest, mm. we gonna get you to go ahead and break it down down a little bit for us. Okay, okay, manhood. How do you describe a man? What does society describe as a man? And how do young men? or children grow into being what we believe to be manhood. Yeah. I feel like a man is a person who lives up to what they say. I feel like that's the the easiest definition for manhood and being a man. Yeah. Yeah, and um, for myself, I feel like that's good, by the way. Um, for myself, I feel like manhood is what's always been put in me, like provision. You know, can I provide? Can I protect? Um, a lot of it was physical definitions. Yeah. It wasn't so much as eternal, internal. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of that, I think a lot of us have it confused because we focus so much on the external of manhood and not the internalized part of it because that that can easily that, well with men we're taught so much not to deal with feelings. the inside yeah feelings and emotions you know what I mean? yeah but in doing that we cut off the mental side of manhood too yeah. you know what i mean when we when we say well we're not going to deal with those feelings we also not dealing with those thoughts either you know what i mean i feel that i think um as my growth as a person, I feel like I've been doing a lot of growth this year for sure. 2020 has been such a roller coaster mentally, emotionally, and um, spiritually for me too, in a lot of ways. I feel like being a man is just a way of thinking the way of acting it's the actions it's the words it's how you make other people feel as well um which shouldn't be viewed as as you know what they call it now toxic masculinity yeah like how can that be toxic to be masculine right i mean there's a time and place for everything yeah i was um my my cousin He's uh, in a part of the Alpha Fraternity. 
And um, it's funny because one of his line brothers, me and him were talking, and he was just like, yeah, everybody has different sides of them, mm-hmm. basically. Because we were talking about just like what made him become alpha versus any of the other fraternities. It was funny because I was just like, yo, you're right. Everybody has a different side. Like, sometimes you might be an alpha. Sometimes you might be a sigma. Like, how traditionally they act. Or like a, a nuke or an omega. It's different at different times. And I feel like that's like being a man. I don't know what none of those are. <laughs> I, I know what people have been promoting about alphas lately, but okay, I don't know the creeds. So the creeds. Okay. So, different. basically... Is all the fraternities have like a generalization about them? Like the alphas are normally like intelligent, business minded. You know, depending on where you're at, sigmas are different things to different people. Uh, a lot of times, people think of them as like more nerdy, quiet, reserved people. Uh, the noops are more so like pretty boys. Um, the omegas are like dogs. Mm-hmm. Just generally speaking, that's what people like see when they're like, "Oh, so they're the savages." They're the savages, so yeah, so to speak, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and also what I meant with with toxic mas- masculinity as it as it's being promoted to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's mixing manhood and masculinity with that predatory. You know, uh, type of man, right? The the, the molesters, the rapists, the ones that only see women as objects of sexual satisfaction, right? You know what I mean? Right. That's not manhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not masculinity. But that's an attack on right on a on another person. Uh, but a certain I, type of person. I feel like society wants a man to be that a lot of the times too. I think society especially as like a black man society paints us as like these super dominant super masculine super aggressive super aggressive people and which, I is, mean, which is to be confused with ignorance sometimes a lot of times yeah like you can't tell me you go to any hood or any like ghetto and see only that in that ghetto if you're going, if you already have that impression in your mind, you will see that. But a lot of times, even in any impoverished neighbor area, you're dealing with a lot of ignorance too. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that he's his idea of being who he is is I'm gonna take something. Yeah. I'm I'm taking from the, from the habits. Yeah. So you a mark, you a target to me. So he's gonna look at you like that. But every man in poverty areas don't look at everybody like that. I came from them areas. I didn't look at everybody as a target. I didn't feel like I needed to overexert myself, you know what I mean, in areas of aggression. Right. You know what I mean? Or assert myself to prove that I was a man to a certain extent anyway. Right. Because, right. I mean, I was just like most You were still young. influenced by I was that. influenced by what, I, what my idea of manhood was. Right, and your surroundings. Yeah, but it wasn't to the point that what they think going down there, it's a small percentage of men like that. Yeah. It's not like most men are like that. A small percentage. It's like when they say all church is bad. 
it's a small percentage of churches that y'all are talking about. Y'all ain't talking about everybody church. Right. So y'all not talking about every man. Y'all talking about these few individuals that committed some heinous crimes or some heinous offenses to people. Right. And and we're 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 grouping everybody from that area. Right. Which isn't fair. Do you think that plays into like racism in terms of media, like coverage? going into like if we look at that example whenever we see that example on TV that's how it's portrayed but if it's a movie about gangs well, and yeah. violence no, that's no, no, what no, the no. for about. sure but yeah. I'm saying like even like so simple as like news like whenever you see fake news fake news as my boy <laughs> my, my boy called it fake news the orange man <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we see that on TV, like in the news, if we look at a black neighborhood, it's not necessarily a good thing that's no. happening from that that neighborhood. No, I mean, good. Thank God that we we had a resurgence of of, of black excellence on on TV because we wouldn't have known that a doctor and a lawyer can live together and be married and have. Uh, well-behaved children if it wasn't for the Huxtables. All right. You know what I mean? Right. We didn't know that there were black people going to college if we didn't have a different world. Bill Cosby was responsible for a lot of positive images of black people. Right. Did you hear that he had a psychologist on on board, on, on set every episode to make sure there was nothing negative about what he was showing on that show? No. I, every episode. I didn't know that. Was was always makes me raise an eyebrow when they make accusations against this type of man. Yeah, the type of man I saw look the camera, look at the camera straight on, and say, "I can't die and leave the world the way it is. I can't die and leave black people in the position they are right now." A dude that came on to like he was at what Howard Hall, mm-hmm. Howard University in the hall, and he got up there and called all of us out. I can't see a dude being what they saying he is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's another target at masculinity. Like, to me, he was displaying manhood. Right. And I'm not saying he's innocent. Right. I don't know. I wasn't there. We don't know. I didn't drink a sip. Nope. You know what I mean? He didn't give me nothing. And it was a long time ago. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about it. I know he's he's been convicted. Yeah. He is in prison. But far as what I knew of him, he was what what most people, especially black, thought of when it came to being a father. Right. You know what I mean? He he had his masculine trait, he had his tool belts, he had he had his athletic side, he had his intellectual side, yeah. he had his spiritual side. Like he was everything you wanted, all the ingredients that you wanted into a man, he had those, he embodied those. And I felt like with that strong presence Again, that's always been attacked when it's when it's when it's this color, right? You know what I mean, and and that's where we at now with a lot of it. If you if you come off as a man, as as I should do air quotes for that. When yeah. you come off as that, there's an immediate attack. Yeah, immediately. I tried having this conversation about some things that I wanted to do with the podcast with women, and immediately, <laughs> immediately. You need to have a woman on there. You need other perspectives on there. As if I 
was solely coming on here to just make my own, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just showcase my own perspective about everything. Right. But, and I, not knowing that every episode had other perspectives. Right. Can we, <laughs> can we talk about that, though? What? About manhood and the role that women play in, like, raising a child into a man. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can. Why is that, um... I mean, we've discussed it before. I know me and you have discussed it before about how the woman's perspective or the woman's role in raising a child has been kind of, how do I say it? It's been, it's lacking. It's lacking a a man's touch. Mm Mm-hmm. Because most of the time we grow up in in our society, you know, without a father. Well, yeah, over seventy percent of black households are single parents. I mean, that's fact. Yeah. So there's going to be there, there's a huge lack of a male's presence in in it. But I don't think um, just to address something that you didn't say, I don't think it's a one sided blame on that. No, I don't think no. it's men's fault that we're not present. I think we have a huge responsibility in that as well as women. Yeah. You know, they have a huge responsibility in that. But how can you teach people to love and commune together, uh, live together and and, and, and and bliss blissfulness as our ideals of blissfulness, you know what I mean? Right. How can we get them to do that? You know what I mean, constructively. Right. And it's even systematic. Like absolutely, going back to like slavery, yeah, even going even further to like uh, like hood houses, yeah, like yeah. a man, a black man couldn't be around Mm-mm. in order for a woman to receive a subsidy. Yeah, I I was one of them kids in that environment. I remember my stepfather having to have all his clothes in my room, his shoes in my room. So when the inspection came, yes, they inspected everybody there and proved you had to live up under somebody's guardianship pretty much. <laughs> they had to come and inspect. And they weren't coming to inspect if the house was kept clean, no. which is none of your business if I live here and you approve me. Right. Like, you weren't coming to make sure there was food in the house. If it wasn't enough food, in, it wasn't an adequate, adequate uh, amount of food in the house. It wasn't like you was going to bring more food. Right. What you was coming to see is make sure everybody that was in the house was supposed to be in the house. And if it was a man in the house, I remember some of the inspectors coming in my room like, you got big feet. Like, are those your shoes? You had a size 13 in yeah. the third grade. <laughs> yeah. Like, are those your shoes? Like, can you put them on for me? Like, like looking and talking to a child like that. Like, trying to make sure that there's no man in the house. And most of the time, it was our counterparts coming in. It wasn't, I don't remember any of the inspectors being yeah, black. black. You know, and, um, you know, we had to live with that. And that became normal for us to, in order to get what we needed, make sure our children can. And it's hard to blame a woman for that. Yeah, you can't like, blame them. Yeah, like doing whatever it takes to take care of your children. But that took away, every time you trusted that system, you stopped trusting this one. Right. You stop saying that we can do it 
or you stopped trusting me to be the man in your life. Right. And you started saying, well, hey, I know this check is coming. I know this housing is available. What can you do for me? Right. And that was the attitude when, when you know, with dating then. And and now it's even more evidence, almost like Janet Jackson's song was too soon. You know what I mean? Back in the 80s, what, can, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. As if I have to do something for you. Yeah. In order for you to show interest in me, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Anytime you date someone, anytime it's the same. Yeah, it's like what can what? It's not. It's it is what what can you bring to the table? And of course, a relationship is a partnership. Both both parties are bringing something to the table. Is that the first thing you should think about though when dating? It shouldn't be. It is a lot of times for most people. Most people, but it shouldn't be because I mean. Let's think about it. High percentage. Society, society wants, social media wants people to be <laughs> right <laughs> in a relationship, right? People, yeah. people always think they need to be in a relationship. Like I've dated women that have never not been in a relationship. Like as soon as they get out of one, they're in another one. When they're young. When they're young. When they're young. My but, age. But when you get past thirty. Most of them sound like they're doing everything they can do to not be in one. Yeah. With the expectations, yeah. the long list of requirements. Yeah. And I, that probably starts about 25, actually. <laughs> and and it gets worse and worse as they get older yeah. and they get more single. And they get more, like, that, like the amount of time they spend doing things that say I don't want to be in a relationship and then still have that as the hashtag relationship goals. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You on girl strips every every couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. You got a job that don't isn't ideal for a relationship. You're a travel nurse. Yeah. How are you going to be in a relationship for real? It's hard. That's kind of, that's it's just as difficult to be a truck driver and be in a relationship. Yeah. You're gone. All the time. And did you know that uh, what it is on that list? I haven't read it in a few years, but the list of occupations that get cheated on the most, like dentists, truck drivers. I'm like, how in the hell a dentist get cheated on? <laughs> the, the, the dentist the, don't work the, that much. The, the Negro that that clean your teeth, like he care about your smile. That's it. Uh, you out here cheating on him? <laughs> Do they work crazy hours? Like yeah. I'm thinking, like eight o'clock. My dentist be out at three. Really? <laughs> they be gone. Yo, I heard about a dentist going in in the night shift. Like, for professionals that can't get off of work to go to the dentist. Yeah, they got them 24 hours, but... Oh, he'd start at 5 o'clock. It ain't one dentist, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, those are offices that have multiple dentists. Mm-hmm. But most of them, like doctors and stuff like that, yeah, they have difficult schedules. But they get... Oh, anybody that's a professional, any man that's yeah. hardworking... Gonna have a difficult schedule for some people. Yeah, but there's a time I go to work. There's a time I get off of work. That's true. And you, I'm available to you after that. Yeah. And sometimes during. Yeah. But they say they want a hardworking man. Man in uniform. Someone that you can see, like you. They want to be able to see the representation. That they're attracted to men that are distinguished. That mm-hmm. are that have money, yeah. That Success. can provide, yeah. Like all those things, but when it comes down to it, if if can your you man is it? actually working to 
achieve those goals that you want. Eight to twelve hours a day. But you can't you can't handle not being around. Like yeah. him not being around. And not being accessible. Accessible. And like, you know, it just depends on the person. I'm sure like he wants to be around you too. Like <laughs> he's gonna make time for you whenever he can make time for you. Right. It, but even, you know, trying to stay on because we man, it's so much there. I know. It's, it's so much there. Let's get back on manhood before these women, you know, these women be listening in the background. Like, what he say? <laughs> so, to keep it on the topic of manhood, and like I said, this is the beginning of a long conversation to manhood. We're going to try to cover a lot of different details, and this is just the first show. And we're going to start talking now about, like, our experiences with manhood, like what what taught you how to be a man what what experience gave you a sense of manhood like when did you start feeling like being a man like you were a man well I feel like I learned everything through sport mm. my whole life has been sports from like when I could like barely walk you know I had like the basketball hoop in the living room watching Space Jam so oh, the great Michael Jordan, the the great Michael Jordan, oh, okay. your favorite basketball player. I mean, he got right. <laughs> he just number one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, six, six rings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, no, no losses. Never lost. <laughs> he no, not, he never lost in the finals. But so sport, like you learn life through sport, a lot of the times. And I was privileged enough to have like my dad around through most of my all of my childhood and then like he was around most of my adolescence too but then my parents got divorced so you know I was able to grow and see things with him because he was my coach a lot of times too playing mm-hmm. basketball he was my coach from like five years old up until I went to middle school so you got double yeah Big up the pops for that. Yeah. And a lot of men don't get credit for that. There's a lot of guys out here that, that spend that type of time with their children. Yeah. Basketball, I mean, we bonded through it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the thing. We would go, you know, once Mount Tabor Park opened up over here, we would be at Mount Tabor Park on the, you know, on the weekends. And shout out to my mom, too. I mean, she was there with me, too. Oh, look at you. They wanted, they, they wanted. They wanted. love to your mom. Hey, Don't man. do it. Hey, man. Get off the breast of sisters. I got a, I got, I had a good family unit, you know. I was yeah. blessed. I was blessed. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, even having that experience because a lot of guys never seen their mom and dad in the same household. Yeah. And just to be blessed with that for even a moment yeah. was, was, was huge for you. Yeah. Because you got to see the dynamics of two people working together and two people supporting you. And caring about you. Right. And taking care of you. So, that's awesome. Much respect for that. Yeah. Much respect for that. A lot of guys don't get to see that. And I, and I think that a lot of times that comes into how how difficult it is to be in a relationship with one person when you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how could I have a successful relationship if I've never seen it? Then you got... Well, with a lot of people that come from broken environments like that, like that single parent household, a lot of people like, I want to have kids one day and they're not even thinking about marriage. Yeah. But what you're doing is no matter how great of a parent you think you're going to be, right. 
you're not thinking about what that child needs. Right. That child needs a unit. Right. That child does not need you being selfish out here saying, well, I'm going to go do them vitro. And you know what I mean? I'm going to go get, get inseminated and I'm going to go have me a baby. Yeah. But that baby is going to go to school knowing that Jim Bob over there got mom and daddy in the house. Right. And all the images on TV are going to tell them that it should be in the two-parent household. Mm-hmm. Even though some of them are swaying yeah. this way right. to reality. But the, the masses are always going to know that it should be a two-parent household. And kids know that they didn't, you didn't make them by, them by yourself. Right. So where's daddy? Where's mama? Because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the fastest group of growing uh, group of uh one of the fastest groups growing in America. I'll say that again because <laughs> okay. I was trying to it, figure out how to like piece yeah. that together. But one of the fastest groups growing in America is single fathers. It wasn't. It, I think it's fastest growing because it didn't happen before. It's always happened, but it happened by default. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't common at all. No, it's not. It, but for, it is now. Right. For every. It maybe for every. Twenty thousand, <laughs> twenty thousand <laughs> single mothers. There was like one, one single one man guy. with a child. Right, yeah. and as the decades went on, that number started increasing and increasing. Yeah. I'm a single father. Yeah, you know, to a girl, and that's that's another episode. That's a whole another. You episode. don't know my pain, brother. <laughs> All I'm asking y'all to do is pray for me, and you can cash out me at us. Uh, dollar sign, dollar sign. <laughs> Daddy need help. <laughs> hey, we got the. We'll, we'll put your scan code on on, on the, at the end of the episode. In the episode notes. <laughs> Struggling, Daddy. Dollar sign. <laughs> but uh, it's it's crazy that that's the fastest. It's like women have started to do what some what they've uh, and some women, not all women. Some women have started doing what some men have done, like completely detach themselves yeah. from parental responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy now that now that that's, that part is being attacked. Like, just as crazy as 2020 is, knowing that we're living through what we're living through right now, that's crazy, too, to have a, a non-emotional, non-nurturing, non-caregiving attribute type of woman walking around on this earth. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to know that there's women out there that don't care about that. They're thinking about them, party, turning up. You know what I mean? And just like the guys were. And to me, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Being a father myself is like, how do you sleep? When you know your child's out there. Knowing it's a piece of you, not under your roof. Right. I said with T-H-T. I said (laughs) roof. But under your roof. Like, like, how do you sleep knowing that your child is out there wondering where you at? Right. They and need you. you. They need you. You know it, and you're you're out not with them. Yeah, that's that's hard. And and I have one child in my house, and I have one child out, and that's that's hard. That's hard. Um, thinking about that, so I could never just not care. I don't care if it's some months that it's just the money that that I get to support. I'm sending it. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got to. Right. I'd be glad when I'm off of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't need anybody to tell me to do it. Right. At all. But, you know, that's the way the system works. Yeah. Um, You're going to support your kid. 
Absolutely. Period. I mean, no matter what the, the what society says, what, what the courts say. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. When you're dealing with a man, uh, a boy looks at that a lot different than, than a man. Yeah. I was going to send money anyway. Right. Anyway, if not more than right. what you was talking about. Right. Um, a boy looks that look at that as a burden. Like, why I got to send money? Why I got to take care of my child? You know what I mean? It's your child. Right. So you got to suck that up. But at the same time, I don't believe, I believe the uh, child support system is flawed. Completely. It's, it's, it's completely invasive and immoral. It doesn't care about the components of raising a child that matter the most. Well, I mean, it's outdated and it's out of touch. But you know that was another tool against black men, too. Yeah. Because it, it's easy for somebody that doesn't have a problem obtaining you know, employment and decent income to to help support their child. But for somebody that's struggling to do it, because most black men aren't paying large amounts of child support to the point that... It'll be like $500 to $1,000. Yeah, but if you're making $2,500 a month or $2,000 a month mm-hmm. and somebody taking $750, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Where I'm going to live? Right. What I'm going to drive? Right. You know what I mean? Who I'm going to date? <laughs> you, can't, you can't date with that. <laughs> who, who I'm going to date, for real. That big old chunk. And then you try to live somewhere. And, and I'm working 50 hours just to make that. Yeah. How am I going to even spend time with my child which isn't mandated with the child support system you got to go to court again in the whole to separate case yeah. to do that yeah. now the first thing I, I was on child support before I even got the darn uh, DNA results back most men are your first encounter with child support you are paying on the, they got a start date in there and then they got another another date for you to go and, and get your DNA uh, test. Yeah. What? And it's usually after the start date of child support. How you know it's your kid? <laughs> hey, man. If I, you didn't know. Like, if you didn't know it was your kid. Hey, I don't have no shame in my game. I don't been through that system probably like two, three times. <laughs> two, three times. And, and they found out I wasn't a father. Uh-huh. I was reckless. Yeah. You know, I was I was still a boy. I was reckless and I, and I made some some questionable decision with the women I chose to lay with unprotected and and I got myself messed up with child support early in life and it was always even when they find out it's not your baby they don't give you your money back yeah they keep that yeah they They, keep that money it doesn't go towards like the child support (laughs) it don't go towards your taxes you don't get a big check back for that they just keep it they just keep it you charge that to the game. Yeah, it might be some guys out there that manage to get it. Like you got to go through a whole bunch of red tape to get that money back. Yeah. But more than likely, you're not gonna get it, mm. and you're gonna spend more money and time trying than it's to get worth. It. Yeah, trying to get it. So you, you know, a lot of us learn to let it go. Yeah, and which isn't fair because you always already living from pillar to post. You need that money. But nah, you don't get that back. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> nah, that's that's law. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah, that's law. So a lot of times, you know, and and 
you know, you can grow bitter going through situations like that, being mistreated yeah. by the people that suppose you paying taxes too. Yeah. You supposed to look out for my interests too. Yeah. I'm going out here voting. Yeah. I'm working. I'm being a, a, a upstanding citizen. Yeah. I'm not breaking any laws. And you and and my ass is handed to me every time I deal with you. So you can grow bitter with that, and then dealing with like horrible. I call these women baby mamas, mm-hmm. the ones that their their only thing in life is to make sure you're miserable. They got another word for that, but I don't talk like that no more. <laughs> you know, it's just it's star with a B. Yeah, and. They 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 just ravel and they 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 only look at how to hurt you. Like I'm paying child support and I still can't see my child. Yeah. Morally, it shouldn't take the court to tell you to allow me to see my child if I'm sending financial support. Right. If we agree, if and a lot of times they, I think the first process of that should be mediation. Get these parents sit down. Figure Get these parents sit down. And let's agree to some stuff on paper right here. Right. It shouldn't be, well, you make this X amount of dollars. Well, no, they're not talking to you. When she calls and says she wants to get you on child support, they decide how much you should be paying. And that's it. Nobody talks to you. No, it's not based on what you can afford. It's based on what your income is. And I don't know who gave them this number, these numbers. I really don't. But I felt like, again, it's not being, don't y'all think I'm bitter because I pay child support? Because, again, I pay it faithfully, and I don't have a problem paying what I pay. I was saying more, but they started mandating that. Yeah, they actually, if you overpay now, they send you the extra back. The check back. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing either. But yeah. But back to manhood. Yeah, let's, let's get back. <laughs> hey, that was a good topic, and we're going to get back to that another day. Yeah. But becoming a man Yeah. for me through sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to go back to it. I got a little passionate. It's you okay. See, did you see the tears? I, I, the I, tears. I felt it. I hurt. I felt it. I hurt. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. So, and, and that was yours. For me, manhood was, a lot of times, it was guided by, like, television. Uh-huh. And I was piecing together men in my neighborhood. Like, most of those were drug dealers. Yeah. Um, garbage men. Like, I was, like, any dude that had a straight job, I thought they was, like, Bill Gates. I was like... You work where? You work at McDonald's? Oh man, Mr. Charlie, it's not McDonald's. Mr. Charlie working McDonald's, man. He respectable. <laughs> he respectable, man. You Yo. come in with a clean uniform on. I was like Mr. Charlie was the bomb, man. Yo, I, I had the highest respect for these guys. I'm glad. I'm glad you championed something constructive. But that's crazy. <laughs> that's but you know most of the guys I knew growing up, they didn't go to work. Yeah. They were still home when I got up. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, you know, the guys were drug dealers yeah. or they didn't have any ambition or they made some mistakes. Or they get in a government check or something like that. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes, most of the time, nothing. Mm-hmm. They were just living in the house, living off of whatever girl they were sleeping with that year. 
you know, and they were just home, staying with their baby mama. So those guys, you know, they just sat outside all day drinking and smoking, and those are the biggest clients for, like, the drug dog, you yeah. know. So the little hustlers was around. They had cars. They had nice clothes. Yeah. And that became my biggest influence. You know, the first time I got, I put my hands on dope, I was eight. You know, running running packages from apartment to apartment and projects. Somebody giving me $5 not knowing that if somebody like a rival or something like that caught me and checked the bag, they could have off me. Yeah. They could have took it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They could have hurt me. You know what I mean? They yeah. could have did anything to me to make sure that transaction didn't happen. And you got $5 for it. And I got $5. So I was down to do that three, four, five times a day just so I can go in the house and show my mama I got some money. I made some money for us. Right. You know what I mean? So, and and that began my, my, my journey. In. I, drugs were always a part of my life. After that point, and 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 those guys were my biggest influences outside of my uncle. You know what I mean? My uncle, my daddy was around whenever he wasn't in jail. Right. And and I had those. So far as being a man, a lot of my I had to piece together whatever I. You know what I mean? Whatever I digested manhood to be, I I was piecing it together from so many different sources. Yeah. And the most prominent was the drug dealers. Of course, you saw it. it was in your face every day. All right. So, I mean. Every day. That's your reality. Get a gun, get some money, get some dope. Right. What What about, you said television. Television, yeah. The guys I really thought were awesome, like Dr. Huxtable. Yeah. Mr. Brady. Mm-hmm. And man, I thought, I didn't watch uh, Good Times. I hated that show. Because I was living like that. Yeah. I didn't want to see that. Right. Brady Bunch, they was going on vacations. <laughs> They were white. Yeah. <laughs> they were white. <laughs> well, they were white, but, you know, as a kid, you didn't really see the prejudice. Right. You seen a family with the dynamics that you wish you had living the way that you wanted to live. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, and then, I mean, other bigger black influences for family structure and dynamic came along after you grew up. No. Dr. Hustle was around when I was growing well, up. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, a lot of people from my generation, for sure. Oh, like Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, but man. that was see that it, that wasn't his father. It wasn't his father, but he was a father. He was a father. He was a father, and then he also added yeah. an additional child to his his fatherhood. Yeah, that's that's very commendable. And my hat goes off to any man that takes another man in. I mean, another man's kid in. Right. Like when you can love another man's kid as your own, that my hats off. That's all. That takes a lot. That takes a lot. And and for me, you know, just like, but outside of all of those influences, I feel like we all the same. It's like when you left out here to try to figure out being a man, none of that matters. Age, gender, well, gender matters if you're going to try to be a man. Yeah. Race. Race. None of that matters. Like, because... It's white kids out here feeling this now, just like, just like crack. <laughs> when they put crack over here for us, yeah, they got some of that heat too. Yeah, you know what I mean. They became part of the drug war too. Yeah, you know what I mean. And just like where they planted all these things, like like uh, the Lyndon B. Johnson administration, 
when and special education uh, uh, influence in schools now, like special education probably should be in schools solitary. Like they should be schools just for that. For them, yeah. It shouldn't be you taking a kid with behavioral problems because he didn't listen to the teacher all last year in fourth grade. In fifth grade, he come back, he in a special wing with a special kid that really ain't that damn special. I think the teacher is special yeah. for even doing that. But, you know, you had that, and and most of those classes have black men in them, black boys. Yeah. It ain't it ain't every race in those classes like that. But people, so, like, these doctors are diagnosing a black child be, like ADHD. It's not it's not necessarily ADHD. It's just you're not they're they're not used to a white from a white perspective. They're not used to seeing a child with you know that that could be easily distracted. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're used to seeing it. They're seeing it, but they're uncomfortable with hours doing that. Yeah. They don't they don't think they know how to deal with hours being that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they know how to deal with children like that. And there's some lazy teachers out there. There's a lot. But, you know, the special education um, project was was put there as a way. It, it's like it's like schooling for, for, for the inevitable. And the inevitable is prison. You know what I mean? So that works hand-in-hand with the, uh, the mass incarceration rate. Most of the people in prison... Our, spe- our former special students in special education classes. Yeah. We used to call them box classes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because them kids be in that box all day. You don't see them. They have a lunchtime on their own. Yeah, it's different. They, they, they in the 10th grade and they walking in a straight line like they're in elementary school. Still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being treated crazy for nothing. And now they put some of those kids in regular classes, but they give them, like, some type of... Uh, Parapro, like a teacher. No, nah, they give them, like, some kind of certification. Like, when they turn in their school work, they graded on the curve. Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, especially in Georgia, you're going to see the No Child Left Behind grant. No, nah, this is a different certification when they got special conditions and stuff like that. They get graded on the curve a lot of times. Yeah. And I'm not not a teacher. And I'm not privy to a lot of information in, in that. But talking to the teachers, I know from my understanding, this is what I'm telling you. I'm not saying this is so. I'm saying this is what I know about it. You, if that makes sense. Right. So I don't want to quote somebody and have somebody, some teachers. Like, no, no, that's not. That's it. not how it is. <laughs> you don't know nothing. <laughs> Perpetuating some kind of illness in the system, and you don't even know nothing. Like, yeah, mm, come on here and talk to me. Then we know that we know this is messed up, right? <laughs> we know that, much. right? And I like what we're covering. We're covering different topics today in manhood. Like all of this stuff matters, even though we don't want to stick on a certain topic about manhood. This is laying the ground floor for all the topics that involve manhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all of this stuff matters. Like, your experience, his experience, my experience, all of us, even though they can be completely different, we all travel down that one road to manhood. Right. You know what I mean? What was your, uh, so not having your father in the household? 14. 14 years old. At 14? Yeah, that's when I started. 
Wow. Yeah, I was going into high school, and um, my parents were getting divorced. Going like literally when I was transitioning into high school, so like the summer of ninth grade, prior to ninth grade year, that's when I was no longer in a two parent household. Now, let me stop you right there. How did you feel about your father immediately when, when during that situation? You know, a, a lot of the their issues were like covered up, so I wasn't really hip to what was going on even in my own household you know it's different when you're a child too you see what they want you to see a lot of times and um you know you don't necessarily know exactly what's going on and that's how i felt and that's where we fail as parents a lot of times because if you give up you're teaching your kids something yeah i mean i think it's a lot to do with like communication like i i understand now how big communication is in relationships. Yeah. And, um... Huge. I feel like... I don't know... You know... Me... When I become a parent one day... I hope to be able to have conversations with my kids. There you have it, ladies. John wants 10 kids. <laughs> um... I give you his email address. First of all. <laughs> no, but like... Even watching TV now... Right. The conver- there are conversations with children between the children and the parents. You see that on TV. Right. We didn't have that when I was growing it's up. It's hardly reality, right? We didn't. My parents didn't tell me anything about anything. Like, I didn't know money. Like, of course, okay, my mom is an accountant. So, like, she, I had an account. You know, I had, like, a little child's savings account or whatever when I was growing up. But she didn't tell me nothing about money. Like, I don't know anything about money. I didn't understand our financial situation growing up. I didn't understand, you know, anything like that. Yeah, somehow we went from the teachers to to we we expected everybody to understand what we was trying to do. Like, we gave them, we, we gave them the optics of it, but we didn't give them the lesson behind it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just like Instagram. You know what I mean? <laughs> And that's that's crazy, but keep going. Um, so, so did you get this big sit down of like we getting a divorce? Um, yeah. So, how was that? It was terrible. <laughs> it was a Sunday morning. I was on my way to church, and with my mom, and she like pulled over, and we're just like, we're. I don't know if you know already. I, but you know, you, you and your like me and my. You and my father, you know, my my dad wasn't really in the house at the time. Like He was already gone? Yeah, like, they weren't, you know, they were separated, like, physically in terms of, like, he wasn't in the house for, like, a week, right? Mm -hmm. And um, she she was just, she dropped the ball. I mean, she's just like, yeah, uh, we've been having trouble and uh, we're, we're getting a divorce. And man, when I tell you I boo-hooed, yeah. like I cried for like at least an hour straight in that parking lot. I didn't end up going, we didn't end up going to church. Like mm-hmm. that was the last time I cried. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And like since then, I mean, I had grandparents pass away. I had, you know, a bunch, like a bunch of different stuff. Like I tore my meniscus twice. Like I, I haven't cried since that day when I was 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. 
That's that's big right there. Yeah. Uh, so your dad never talked to you about it himself. So that's big. Though. Our situation. My mom ended up getting another house. My dad stayed in the house that we lived in. So eventually, my mom left and was trying to get whatever house ready for us to live in. And my dad and me were living together. So it was uh, maybe a couple weeks where me and my dad were just living by ourselves. So, and you know, he was trying to get custody of me. She was trying to keep custody of me. Like he was trying to have me sign some court document saying that I wanted to live with him. Like it was, it was a weird time. Mm, it was yeah. really weird because they were fighting over me. But um, man, I even I have talked to I think I talked to my therapist about this <laughs> recently. Um, they were fighting over me, but you know it didn't feel like it was about love. It wasn't about wanting me. It was about like beating the other person in the situation. Yeah. So and, and a lot of times, you know, like I was advised a lot to like go to court over. Uh, my other child, the one that I pay child support for, the one that's not in the house, um, to go to court. And I've been that child in that situation before. That's not something you want to do to your children. No. That's not something that that goes up so many roads of, of, of like, it just doesn't make you feel good as a child. You know, to have your parents fighting over you like that. No, and then trying to, making them choose. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Like, you got to choose which one you love the most. Yeah. And they actually want you to do that. They they just want, they don't want you to do, they want you to say it. Right. They want you to say it in court. Yep. They want you to say it in front of somebody that has the authority to place you. Right. And that's, that's like, if I say that about you, yeah, I want to live with you. Yeah. But I want to live with her too. Right. At the I same want to live time. With both of y'all. At the same time. Like why y'all can't get this shit right? Right. Just figure it out. So with um that being the last time you cried, how did that like why why do you think you stopped crying then? Uh hmm, that's a good question. If I think about that's it a now. Better question for a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, no no no. It's a good it's a very good question. I think so I think that my reality completely changed at that point. You became numb. Yeah. To it's, a lot of different things. Well, not that I became numb. I did kind of become numb. I was very emotional in high school, too. I don't know if you noticed that from us interacting when I was in high school. I told you before, I thought you were from a two-parent household because you were so mannered. <laughs> and I was like, this dude, daddy got to be in the picture. I was like, so I never really took I wasn't as mindful about the stuff that I said. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I needed to say certain things to you because it was like, he got it together. You know, somebody getting him together. Yeah. So I didn't notice that. No. Well, it was, so like, like I said, it was like my, my reality was, it completely changed. Some of your decisions later, I just started questioning. Hey. Thing, go ahead. Hey. <laughs> I just had a quick thought. Hey. <laughs> um, so I think that's why I didn't cry. My reality changed so much. Like I saw that you get let down in life. Like things happen in life. And um 
you can't. I don't think you can sit and cry. I don't like playing a victim. Right. I'm big on that. Like, don't. And you had to figure that out on your own, though. That's, yeah. that's the crazy part. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in people crying over spilled milk. Like, did you talk to your parents about this feeling? Which feeling? Like that feeling. Okay. The, the feeling of I don't need to cry. No, the crying is not necessary. No, because that that also makes you shell up some of your emotions. Yeah, I mean, I dealt with those problems later yeah. in life. Like, I feel I, I've worked through those problems now. That. You know, I, I didn't express myself emotionally, mm-hmm. like, at all. I would just bottle it up. I would never talk about it. I would never release it. I mean, I would release it by playing sports now, or, like, doing something else. Now, there's a lesson in there. So how did that affect you? Like, did that make you, like, looking at it now, now that you're able to deal with those things, thinking back then, would you say that was like uh, something that was hurting you, not being able to show your emotions about a lot of different things? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. For, oh, for sure. So me and my mom, I live. I ended up living with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, once um, you know the divorce was final. She won. She won, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, women always win in court when it comes to children. A lot of the time, right? Almost, right. almost every time, right? Right, they got to be completely unfit to yeah, not be the parent. Exactly. But um, I had a lot of issues with, like, me and her, we had a lot of issues when I was, like, in high school. Yeah. A lot. Like, it got so bad that, like, she slapped me uh, on her birthday. We were out at a restaurant in public, and I almost hit her back. Like, I reacted. Like, I almost reacted, and uh, she was threatening to call the cops on me and all this other stuff. So I actually had my dad pick me up, and I ended up staying with one of my friends uh, for, like, a weekend. It was, like, three or four days before I went back to the house. So your dad didn't even keep you? No, he didn't keep me. I mean, I mean he might have kept me, like, that night or something like that. Yeah. But, like, that was it. How old you when that, that happened? 17. Yeah. 17. Uh, and you had a lot of repress, re- repressed feelings and things like that. Yeah, I that mean, it was, you know, with. it was always something. Like, when you're growing up in a household with just your mom as a man. Yeah. And, you know, she has some sort of feeling or resentment or whatever towards your father. Hmm. Like, she would always be like, oh, you're just like your dad. Like, it was it was always that. It was always something in my ears. Like, you're just like your dad. You act like him. You look like him. You do you do stuff like him. And, like, I hated that. That was, like, the worst thing for me. Period. It made me go crazy. Yeah. But. That's know, a lot of responsibility. A whole. It was, re- it was really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, anytime something was wrong, that's what she would say. Never nothing positive. It was never anything positive. That's crazy. And that, that happens a lot in, like, single-parent households um, manned by women. Yeah. Like, they they take a lot of shots because a lot of the, a lot of their disdain for men comes from their experience with the kid's father. So a lot of things that they say openly in front of the children or to the children is always, like, this negative thing, outlook that they have 
you know what I mean, when it comes to men. And that's not good. Like, when you're raising a man, like, it's going to, like, for me, mm-hmm. I never wanted, I seen my, my, my mother throw dudes out. Yeah, you know, I seen a lot of hefty bags being filled in my life. And that was one of my things. To this day, I probably got some issues I need to talk to. <laughs> Ain't no black garbage bags in my house. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no. no. I don't the, do the, that. The white ones. Yeah, the just, just ones. the white ones or the clear ones. <laughs> like, I don't do none of those black garbage bags. I was like, that looked like move out stuff to me. Oh, wow. I didn't want that. That's I seen a lot of my aunties. Throw guys out. They always had the trash bag. Y'all ain't had no suitcase. <laughs> Y'all just always leaving with the garbage bag or the pillowcases. Like you know, and I and I and for me, that made me not want to be a guy like them. Mm-hmm. That's why I worked so hard, right, to not become that guy. But a lot of that I lost myself, and I had to come back to me. Like I lost the true essence of of, of G. Like I, I had to figure out what I wanted and how I wanted to move that was comfortable to me instead of like always trying to you know it's a it's a big ego thing when it comes to manhood yeah you know that's such a fragile thing for men you know what I mean and and for me I didn't want to be the guy to get kicked out and everything I did I wanted some applause behind it I wanted somebody to say hey that's a good man you know what I mean I wanted somebody to think and a lot of times I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't because, one, I was only doing it for those reasons to get the attaboys or for the reason that I wanted to feel feel, feel useful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in this world, if you're not being used, you're useless. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's this world. That's true. So I needed my ego stroke. And in that, I wasn't being me. I wasn't going after what I wanted to go after yeah. until later on in life because I needed to feel valid. Yeah. You, were, you know what I mean? You were, pl- you were playing the role. Yeah. I, I created a character. Yeah. And that's what a lot of men do. We create characters of what we think manhood is yeah. or what our identity in manhood is to please the masses, to feel like, you know what I mean, we're, we're the good guys. Or to have them think so. Right. And a lot of times I use that to get girls. You know what I mean? Or or just use that to have my mama and my, my aunts stroke my ego. Like, yeah. you doing something good in life. Right. You know, Why I mean? can't you be more like Gerald? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Gerald wasn't being more like Gerald. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gerald wasn't being Gerald at all. At all. At all. I, I wasn't chasing what I wanted to chase because I felt like, you know, certain, like like what I do for a living now. I wouldn't have never chose that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have never chose that because that didn't come with enough applause. Right. Okay. It didn't come with enough income yeah. for for them to feel like I was successful. Yeah. So I had to feel like I had to be the guy that that owned the business or, or had a nice little truck driving job. Whatever I thought was respectable and successful to them, to them. I wanted to be that. Right. And and I was never happy in that. I was never happy just being me. And a lot of guys have that. Like guys, y'all chime in on that. Like manhood. What when you don't have the proper men in your life, you go down these roads of 
of creating these characters of what manhood is. You start emulating or imitating certain guys and, and, and lifestyles that aren't the ones you truly want, but those are the lifestyles you feel that, that are valid and, and, and uh, more, most respectable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't either choose not to or are unable to do what they want to do in life. I feel like that's just generally a lot of, like, most people don't do that. No. And and that's 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 wild to me. Now that I've been living the way I've been living for the last 10 years, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine waking up, being forced to be somewhere I don't want to be. Yeah. No matter how much money it was giving me. If your happiness is the most important thing. The things that you're doing all this stuff for, because after you become a millionaire, you're going to want a wife, mm. kids, house. You're going to want to be a part of your community. You're going to want all of that stuff. That is stuff that you should start doing in your 20s. Right. Started, at least. Yeah, started. You, started you might not be able to do everything that you want to do. And not even marry this woman or make kids with her in your 20s, but locate her. Right. Identify who this person is. True. Whether it's, it's an actual person or the ideal idea of a person, yeah. you know, you got to know what you want. I feel like yeah. that's, that's the issue right now for a lot of people that are dating. Like they don't know, you know, they can say, oh, I want this physical description of this person, but they don't know exactly how or who the person really is in terms of, you know, what do they do outside of work? Like, what do they do um, to better themselves on a daily basis? Like, all those other things that are intangibles. And it's one-sided. Yeah. Like, you got this long list of what you want them to be. and But you're not working on yourself. You're not working on yourself, one. And you thinking about the relationship one way. You want it to be one way. You thinking that this person is going to come in your life and blow your spot up. That she's going to be the bomb. She gonna be everything that you want in a woman, and you're not thinking about well. She don't like vacations on cruise ships. I don't know why, because that's one of the <laughs> things I love. I don't know why you don't like vacations on cruise. But anyway, right? But she she want to live. You want to live in this house that you already got. You are you want to live in in this area that you you feel most comfortable. You like working the way you work, but you're not comfortable. It's going to be hard for you to get out of that once this other person comes in. That's a whole nother personality. That's a whole nother list of desires and wants and needs. And you you can't. To me, long story short, the best way to deal with dating is just to meet somebody and accept them. Accept them and let them be them. And you be them. That's one of the things I learned looking at the, uh, looking at Will and Jada's issues over the last yeah. few years, yeah. and listening to some of the things I've heard them say about each other and to each other. That you know, and I'm not an advocate for anything. All I'm saying is what I learned from these two people is accept who you chose. You know what I mean? If I choose to spend some time with you and get to know you, if you're getting to know somebody. You get to know them. You're not trying to interview them to see how they they match up against this list that you got no. that don't make no damn sense anyway. No. I mean... I want to like you. I feel like it's... Yeah, right. 
it's not it's not a li- it's not about a list or like you know a cookie cutter person. Yeah, an av- avatar. Yeah, per se. A lot of people are looking for that though. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only way you can, the only way to be successful in dating, is to experience life with that other person. Just live with them. Just li- like, well, not... Not live in not the same house. Not necessarily live in no, the same no, house. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about. We're no, talking dude, about... You're going to end up hunting. <laughs> we're talking about live. Yeah, just live. The things that you like to do, the things that they like to do. And be okay with that. And be okay. And be okay. I don't... You don't have to stop liking what you like because I don't like it. Right. That can be something that you do. By yourself yeah, or like, with friends with that friends. like doing that. Exactly. And I can do what I like by myself or with friends that I have enjoyed doing it with prior to you. Right. We don't have to do and like the same stuff. No. We just have to be able to communicate coexist. About, co- communicate about. Communicate. What we do like and what we don't like about whatever that situation is. Live and let live. That's it. Because I love you, that don't mean you have to change who you are to be with me. I love you because you are who you are. <laughs> stand on that. <laughs> Period. Stand, stand on that. Period. Like, that's that's all that matters. And and in manhood, you know, um, we we getting ready to wrap up in a little bit. I will say, just to touch on something that I experienced in my first marriage, I had this idea, like, because I had those experiences when I was growing up. You know, growing up without a father, poverty areas, and my idea of great family was, and something else that I learned from Will and Jada, I had this idea of what the perfect family was. What my idea of a family wasn't my idea of family. My idea of family was, was, was the optics of it. You know, I come in from work, she cooking. You know what I mean? Down the fact that she had a 12-hour day, too. Right. She should be cooking. Yeah. She should spend most of her time with the children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as if your children don't need you equally. Equally. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I sabotage my marriage with my idea of what marriage is supposed to be. You know what I mean? And there's no way in what my, my beliefs are now that it says it has to be one way. But being a young man, I thought because of my, I came from brokenness. And I wanted the opposite right. of the brokenness. Right. And I thought that a we woman. All, we all just want to yeah. be better than the, our parents. Then. Right. That's and all. that's a horrible way to raise your children, yeah. too. Yeah. That's a horrible way to raise your children. And that's a horrible way to gauge what you want in life. Being the opposite of what your parents did. I don't, that's too I don't, much pressure. I don't think it's about being the opposite. I think. So how, how I look at it, me personally, I love a lot of the things that my parents did for me. All right. I love it. Well, but, you know I wasn't speaking on that, but go ahead. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I don't like certain things. Right. And I see how it's been a problem either in my life or in their lives or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I want to change that. Like, I don't want that for my future relationship. But, you know... When, what what I was saying was, when you raise your children or you you have relationships with with women, as as uh, in in a way, kind of despite what you had, yeah, despite what you had, or or to say that I can do it better, 
or this is a better way, a lot of times that can become toxic. Because now I'm trying to force you to be the opposite yeah. of what I experienced. And that's why a lot of people, when people have expectations, that's solely based on their experiences. You yes. know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's solely based on, 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 okay, somebody in my past. Like, I don't think you should raise your voice at me because John John, you know, they used to raise his voice at me and, and, and that's what tore up our relationship. So every time you raise your voice, that's I think, mean. you know what I mean? That's I think about John John. Right. You got to let John John go. Right. You know what I mean? And the same thing with, with, you know, my girl was spending time outside the home with her girlfriends. And that's, that's making me think about the last chick I was with and what she was doing when she was out. She might have been cheating on you. Right. But you might have a girl that like spending time with her girlfriends. Having doing fun Doing stuff that you don't do. Don't do. You don't want to do it. Right. So why are you mad at her for wanting to do it still? That's time for you to go do what you want. Go discover you. Yeah, what you what you like to do with yeah. your boys. Like, go go, go, go do you. Same thing. So you ain't got to. You ain't even got to think about if you love and trust your woman. Love and trust your woman. Don't worry about what Keisha did to you. Don't worry about what Tamika did to you. They ain't all the same. Just like we ain't all the same. Nope. We got the same mechanical shit going on, but we ain't we ain't the same. Nah. You know, I am not my father. You are not your father, young man. You listening. You are not who made you. You are who created you. Let that sink in. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it go over your head. No. no. God said you are created in my image and in my likeness. If he's a king, what are you? Same thing. And a king knows how to wear his crown. Keep it straight. Yeah. You know how to wear his crown. And we 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 gotta start doing better as men. One of the biggest reasons that I, I, I wanted to have a platform for men is and, and I hope y'all all start paying attention because we're gonna follow up with these shows and the next few shows are gonna be about manhood and different discussions in the manhood. This is just the first first show about it. This is just laying the plan for it. But one of the reasons is because, okay, everybody in the world is upset with black men. Everybody in the world got some grievances with black men. And you look on social media, there's something negative about black men. All day. All day long. And not just black men, all men, but particularly black men. It's something negative about us everywhere. And, and, And most of us, or half of us, are being led by women. What they idea of what they didn't have is. You know what I mean? Just as, as many of us that grew up without a father, twice or three times over the amount of them didn't have one either and had bad experiences with men. How can their memes and their posts and their comments tell you how to be a man? You know what I mean? How? So this platform is to bring us up, man. We gotta start doing better to come. You you don't you drive darkness out, not with darkness. In the words of Martin Luther King, you don't drive out darkness with dark darkness. We don't need to be sitting up there going back and forth with women, 
about what it is that we are trying to prove that men ain't the way they're supposed to be. You drive out darkness with light. We don't want no Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion situations over here. <laughs> I would talk about that because all the music, most of the music that I hear from from Megan from women, yeah, period, and music right now is whole music. Completely, they're they're teaching our women. This is the pool that we got to choose from now. Wow. Be City half girls. naked. City girls. Yeah, see, yeah. That's not respectable. Cardi B. You're not mama material. <laughs> You're not. I don't want my daughter falling behind you. I don't want my child twerking on Instagram. Trying to get likes. Right. And perpetuating a lifestyle that you don't even lead your damn self. Half of them probably are respectable mothers in their personal life. Yeah. And business women in their personal life. And love the hell out of the man that they with in their personal life. But they teaching you how not to. Just so they can make a dollar. Yeah. Beyonce. All day. I mean, for the most part, even though I hate her little bikini outfits, she's covered up. True. But what are the lyrics saying in her music? How has it changed? I don't. I'm not one of the guys that listen to Beyonce. I feel you. Uh, so I don't. I don't know for the most part what I know about her or know of her. She. I'd rather my child listen to her than than a Meg the Style, you know, or a Cardi, Cardi B, B. You know what I mean? Or a City Girl. I'd rather my child listen to, you know, her Rhapsody. I think Rhapsody is a oh, yeah, is an awesome woman. Queen Latifah is awesome. Yeah. You know, MC Light, I think women like that are awesome. But they don't talk about women like that. Solange is awesome. They don't talk about women like that. You know, She doesn't sell. They don't sell. No, right now the hoes are winning. Yeah. Excuse my language, fellas. I know some of y'all are Christian. And I'm I'm Christian. But, you know, uh, some things are what they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we can't keep sugarcoating the, the problems in our society. But enough about women. About our men, pull your pants up, man, when you need to. Sometimes we got to. I ain't saying walk around here with these tight. <laughs> Look like somebody spray painted your pants on. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's more about the man. Like the man in you needs to start waking up. And we can't make excuses. Nobody's coming to save you. You got to get it together for you. You know what I mean, and 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 for now, we we want to start talking, having these conversations, and 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 that's what I'm I'm wrapping around to that this platform is for that. We gonna we gonna get ourselves together. We gonna if you see another brother struggling with something, don't don't judge him. Right. Help him. Help him. That's another issue in terms of manhood. Oh. Oh, we're going to get into some topics, brother. That, that's another issue. We're going to get into some topics. I it's, got a lot on that. It's, it's not a bad thing to help another man. No. In any way. And it ain't a bad thing to accept this help, fellas. Don't let your pride keep you down, man. Don't let your pride keep you down. Don't 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 just walk around here with your hands out and then, you know what I mean, yeah. and, and think that's acceptable. And that's why we shouldn't feed them. We, we got to learn how to feed men. You know what I mean? We don't want to cripple them. Yeah. No, I don't want to just give you five dollars. 
that's it's not going to help them. No, it doesn't. Because that's teaching you. You can go to anybody and get five dollars. Right. I want you to learn how to. If I'm, I'm gonna create a way for you to make five dollars yourself. And and this right here, that's that kind of sums up the show right here. We gonna create a way for you, us to be in our positions, in our community, in our homes, in our relationships, because they want us, fellas. As much griping as they're doing, all them, all them posts mean is that they want us still. They still need us, and. You need you to be you too, man. So with that being said, John, you got anything you want to add to this subject? Uh, information, knowledge. Take 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 what we're giving you. You know, not every like we're we're both still learning and growing every day. Absolutely. And um, you know, everything we say might not be a hundred percent true, or or right for you. I think. Going back to the original question about manhood, what is manhood? It is so subjective. To some. To some degree. To some degree. I mean, everybody's idea of a man is so different that, you know, there are certain foundational principles of being a man. What are those? We we talked about protecting, providing, Uh, shelter. Shelter. Um, those, those, I, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, those things are important. You, you ain't the king of the castle if you ain't making sure there's a roof over their head. You ain't making sure that there's food in the house. You ain't making sure that ain't nobody. Yeah, yeah. You're not touching mine, right? You're not touching them. I'll die before they do. Those, those are the mentalities of a man. A man is willing to sacrifice himself. For the greater good of his family. For the safety of his family. Now, if you cowered out of those situations, then we got more to talk about, brothers. We got more to talk about. And and that's some that's some areas of learning, too. Because there are some times in my youth and, and in my younger days that I felt soft. I knew I couldn't protect nobody. Mm-hmm. And, and I was fearful. You know what I mean? And those are things that we can overcome. But y'all stay tuned, man. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and get this together. We're going to get us together. Yes, sir. Like, share, comment. Try to get as many men as you can in on this conversation. We're trying to blow this conversation up. It's going to be a five-part series about manhood. So, with that being said, these are my two cents. Save it or spend it. You could have been anywhere in the world, (laughs) but you're here with G. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> you like that? Hey, I'm about to freestyle. I'm about to say throw what, on a beat. Was that a Kanye? Like, did you take that from Kanye? I don't even listen to Kanye. Boy, he yeah. said it. He definitely said it. Word. He did. Well, yeah. I think that's a little bit older than Kanye, though. It's definitely older than Kanye. Yeah, it's a little bit older. I know I've heard that in early days of real hip hop, but I ain't gonna say nothing about y'all. <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing about y'all. But this is the episode of Cut Different. Hashtag cut different on all platforms, social media included. Like, comment, share. Y'all be blessed. We out. Woo!